but this morning about making wise decisions. And, you know, we make decisions probably every day, decisions of one, in one form or another. Um, I don't think that all decisions apply to what I'm going to share this morning. Um, you know, after we're done with the church, you're probably going to decide where you're going to eat. And I don't think that should be a big, long deal. You know, you're just going to go eat somewhere. It might seem like a big deal, but that's not the kind of decision I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about those decisions in our life that are more life-changing. You know, things that become maybe more important, we might call it, but, but things that are more life-changing to us, big decisions. I remember one time Pastor Eric said that the decisions we make now will affect our life five years from now. And I always remembered that because that also means that whatever you're going through now could be a result of a decision you made five years ago. And so we need to think about that, that, you know, decisions really are important, and we make them, and we make decisions. So we want to consider how it is that we make godly, wise decisions. In Psalm 25, verse 12, it says, Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. It says, that those who fear the Lord, those who fear the Lord, the Lord will teach us in the way he chooses. So first of all, we got to understand that we need to fear the Lord in this process. You know, we have to reverence, trust, respect the Lord and, and seek him as we go about making these decisions and making choices in life. You know, a lot of times we, we may trust other things. We may trust people. We may look to everybody for advice. We may, without realizing it, sometimes make decisions based upon what everybody else is doing at the time. Maybe a direction the world's going. And we need to realize that that's not how we as Christians make choices. We need to seek the Lord. We need to fear Him. We need to look to Him for the help we need in making choices. You know, I want to share a story and it's in Genesis, the 13th chapter. And in Genesis, the 13th chapter, it's a story of Abraham and Lot. And it's, it's a story about a choice, a decision. Abraham and Lot, they, they are having trouble. There's a conflict between the herdsmen. Uh, they're fussing over land, possessions. And, and so they decide that, or Abraham decides, you know, it'd be better if we just separate. And so in verse 8 of Genesis 13, Abraham says to Lot, Please, that there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zor. So I want you to just stop here and see a picture. You know, there's, there's a decision to be made. And this decision is basically going to be made fairly quickly, and we're going to talk about some things involved in making wise decisions. But Lot makes a decision here, and he's going to make his decision based upon what he sees before him. And it says that he looks out, and he saw the plain of Jordan. He's well watered, and everything looked good. 
And that was, it says, before Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. And so Lot then, in verse 11, Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities, the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. It would appear what happened was Lot looked out, and Lot made his choice based upon what he saw. And what he saw, we said, was a well-watered area. Now, I'm sure he also knew about Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lot said, you know, I think my, my flocks and everything's going to do well if I choose this. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah may be wicked and may be bad, but I can deal with that. I'm going to choose what's best and what looks best for me. And what we find is that Lot ended up making a bad choice. Lot made a bad choice. You know, sometimes it's, what do they say? The grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. What you see maybe isn't the best. How many times do we make choices maybe based upon what we think is going to help us prosper or what we think is going to be better for us or what's going to be the best? But what we see here is that Lot, he didn't make a godly decision. He didn't realize that maybe, you know, going to a certain place might be a bad influence on his family. That maybe there's more important things than just thinking about how you're going to prosper. You know, it says, he who fears the Lord. I believe in Lot's case that I believe at that point he wasn't fearing the Lord. He wasn't, he wasn't reverencing the Lord. He wasn't trusting the Lord. Lot was using his own wisdom and his own thinking, and he said, well, it's just going to be better to go here because, my goodness, my crops are going to be better, my land's going to be better, my herds are going to be better. And what do we always think? We always think we can deal with the wickedness. Oh, I, I won't let that bother me. I don't listen to that. I don't, that won't pay, I won't pay attention to that. You know, I go to places and I do things, and, but I don't, I don't let them bother me. Well, sometimes it's more of an influence than we think. And we see that Lot ended up making a, a bad choice. Our first choice should always be, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, the Bible said that the Lord prospered Abraham. You know, it wouldn't have mattered which one Abraham took. He was going to prosper. Because God will prosper him. God will take care of Abraham, and he did. And he did. So I want to look this morning at some steps towards making wise decisions. You know, what are some practical things we can say, okay, we can do this and help us to make a wise decision? Number one, try to get yourself to a place of neutrality. You know, when you're going to make a decision, usually there's things happening. You know, whether it's a decision about your job or moving or there's, there's something going on that's, that's affecting your life. And it's hard not to have an opinion. It's hard not to have an opinion. Well, this is what I would like to do. This is what I want. This is what I think is best for me. It's hard not to have an opinion. You know, you can have a, a strong personal desire in a direction. 
Sometimes it's based on what's easy. I don't know about you, but I probably make a lot of decisions based on, well, that'll be easier. That'll be an easy way to go. That'll be more comfortable for me. It'll be, it'll be something that I think will help me feel better. That'll be what I like. It'll make my life better. Or maybe I'll make this choice because it's going to be acceptable to others because I don't want anybody to be mad at me. So I'll make this decision so people will accept me or like me. What we have to do is we have to identify our desires. I have to identify, okay, in this decision, this is how I feel. This is what I want. This is the way I think it ought to be. And then we have to be willing to lay all that aside. Because that's not necessarily important when it comes to a godly decision. What I have found, God is not always worried about my comfort as much as I am. You know, he's, he sometimes has things for me to do that aren't comfortable, that aren't easy, that aren't the way I think it ought to be. So, so if that's can't be the criteria, that can't be the criteria. I have to be willing to lay that aside. And sometimes you have to honestly be willing to look at yourself and say, okay, this is what I want, and this is my desire, but I have to seek what it is God wants. And so we have to get to a place of being neutral. And sometimes it's very difficult. I think that's one of the first things we have to do. And sometimes it's one of the most difficult things to do is get yourself to a place that you're neutral about the decision. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So whatever I think, whatever I feel, whatever I want, I have to realize that my ways are not God's ways. My thoughts are not his thoughts. His thoughts are higher than mine. He sees it different than I do. Chances are that what the things that I think I want and sometimes how I think it ought to be, there's a great chance that God has a different plan. I need to seek him, not make him do what I think he ought to do. Not make him bless my plans. In making a wise decision, it is not me deciding what to do and then saying, okay, Lord, please bless what I'm about to do. If we do what he wants, I believe the blessing is there. I believe the blessing is in obedience. I believe the blessing is doing what it is the Lord wants us to do. And when we do that, then I believe the blessing is there. And I believe that's one of the biggest things right up front. If I can't get myself to some point of being neutral, I'm going to have a hard time of figuring out what it is that God wants me to do. Number two. I have to be patient. Very difficult. You know, it's hard to be patient sometimes. In Matthew 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. 
ask, seek, and find. The tense there is ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. I believe there's processes involved in finding God's will. We have to be willing to be patient. We can't just rush into things. I realize some decisions are a little quicker than others based upon what's going on. But if it's not something we have to just rush into, then we need to ask, seek, knock, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Be patient. Psalm 62, 5 says, My soul waits in silence for God only. My soul waits in silence. I wait. You know, I'm patient. I wait on him. You know, so, so hard for us. So depend on your personality, maybe. You know, I'm not a waiter very good a lot of times. I'm kind of like, let's just get her done. So I kind of want to, you know, let's make a decision. We'll sort out the details later. And uh, that's not always the best. That's not always the best. But, you know, we need to be willing to wait. We need to be willing to wait on the Lord. In Psalms 27, verse 14, it says, Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Wait for Him. Waiting tests our faith. Tests our faith. The process tests our faith when we're seeking God, when we're looking to Him to make a wise decision. The process tests our faith. I believe the waiting separates my will from God's will. You know, God can deal with me about my plans and my desires. Changes our priorities sometimes. Sometimes if we wait, it'll change our priorities. Did you ever think something was really important? You had to make a decision right now, and two weeks later, it was like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. Sometimes priorities can change if we allow God to change us. You know, if we seek Him, let Him change our priorities. Sometimes waiting prepares the answer. You know, sometimes the thing we're praying about, maybe God has to change some things and change some other people and change some circumstances and kind of rearrange things to get to the point that that's a decision and and what can happen can take place. And it takes a while. It takes a while. We have to be willing to wait and trust Him in that process. Trust Him. I believe waiting causes us to grow. You know, it causes us to grow. It changes us. Probably why we don't like to wait. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I already decided what's best. I know, what, I know what should happen. This is the way it ought to be, and this is what we're going to do. But we need to learn to wait and to wait on the Lord. We need to be aware of pressure to make a decision. Sometimes there's pressures that come with making a decision. Have you ever bought something or had somebody try to sell you something? What do they want you to do? Well, you've got to decide right now. This is the last car that Chevy is ever going to make. It's the last one. If you don't buy it, there won't be any more. You know? Isn't that what they... You've got, you got to make it now. You can't... Don't go home and think about it. You've got to make a decision now. You've got, you you got to decide. Telemarketers. Oh, <laughs> Don't telemarkers love it when you say, um, I'll think about it and talk to my wife. Oh, no, no, you don't have to do that. You can, you can make a decision. You know, they don't, want you to, they don't want you to think and wait. 
They want a decision right now. They want you to just let your emotions or to be pressured into a decision. We need to be willing to be aware of pressure. We shouldn't feel pressured to make most decisions. If there's pressure, a lot of times that tells me something's wrong. Something's wrong when there's pressure. I feel this pressure, whether it's made up inside of me or whether it's people on the outside putting pressure on me. That sometimes pressure is an indication that something's wrong. Now, I say that to say, those of you that can't make a decision, you probably feel pressure from your wife or otherwise husband. Because if you can't make a decision and it's hard to make a decision and you procrastinate, which is a whole other ball game, anybody putting pressure on you may not be bad. Okay? So it can kind of go either way. You know, whenever I think about making a decision, I always think about from the standpoint of, you know, not letting pressure bother me. But sometimes people need a little pressure to give them a little push to make a decision because they want to procrastinate. Sometimes people want to give advice or pressure to make a quick decision. Sometimes we may fear loss if you don't decide. You know, if I don't decide right now, well, There may not be another one. There may not be another job. There may not be another. You know, there may not. If I don't, if I don't, you know, you better, I'll tell you what, folks. You better buy a house this month because interest rates are going up. That's the same type of pressure. You know, that's a pressure. You know, I don't know if they're going up or down. They'll probably go up. But that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a pressure to make us make a decision. So we have to be careful that we're aware of pressures because I don't believe God works with pressure. Most decisions have time to seek God. You don't need to be pressured into a decision. Most of the time, we have time to seek him. Once in a while, there may come up a decision where you have to make a decision right now. Right now. We need to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. When you're thinking about a decision, if it's a major decision, you need to stay focused and keep seeking God. Pray without, pray, pray, pray without without ceasing. Seek God. Ask Him. Keep praying. Stay open. Let Him speak to you about what it might be. The next one kind of goes along with it. It's rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. You know, I believe we need to get to a place where we're not all stirred up and emotional. And we need to get ourselves settled down to where we're, we're resting in the Lord. We're trusting Him. That is, you've got to be careful that your emotions, we got them, emotions are real. But we've got to be careful about being driven by our emotions. That our emotions aren't the thing that's driving our decision. That we need to rest in the Lord. We need to trust Him. We need to listen to His Spirit. Sometimes we need to rest in the Lord. We need to listen to other people. If you're married, you need to listen to your spouse. 
And you say, well, yeah, but they don't know. Yeah, but they, how, you know, listen. If you're going to seek God and trust him, God can use anybody. He can use it. Listen. Listen, it could be God. And a lot of times, what do we do? We balance one another. I don't know about you, but you know, a lot of times in a relationship, you got one that wants to go real fast and one that wants to go real slow. And somewhere in between, you find out there's a place where you can probably find out what it is God wants. There are exceptions to that. It's not everybody's geared that way. But a lot of times, we're a balance for one another. We need to listen to our spouse. We need to seek godly advice. Godly advice. We need to trust God. We need to believe his promises. We need to believe his promises. We need to know what his word says so that we can rest in him. That in the midst of this process, we're not all stirred up. I don't know about you, but when I'm stirred up, I usually don't make that wise of a decision. When I'm all stirred up and my emotions are all on edge and I'm all, I, I don't tend to make wise decisions. I need to get to a place where I can settle down, rest in the Lord and trust him. In Colossians, the third chapter, the 15th verse, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God have control over your heart, over your emotions. You know, you need to get to that place. So it's not just because you're all stirred up. But God's ruling, God's in control. And the peace of God rules in our hearts. And one of the decisions, one of the things I find about making decisions is, for me personally, I need to get to a place where I'm at peace. When I'm not at peace, I try not to make decisions. If I'm all stirred up, you know, I can be all stirred up for all kinds of reasons, but I need to get to a place where I'm at peace and the peace of God's in charge and I can hear what God's saying and I know I'm at peace. I'm at peace with a decision. If I'm not at peace, it's better not to decide. You know, we need to get to a place that we're at peace. That, okay, this is what God wants for me. He wants me to do. We have that peace. We have that trust in him. We have that trust in him. And it's not pressure from within. It's not pressure from everybody around me. You know, because there is that. It's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just a reality. We have those pressures. But we need to get to a place where we're at peace. Okay, Lord. This is what you want me to do. I have peace about this in my heart. I can trust you. I can trust you that this is the direction you want me to go. You know, I've laid aside my desires. I've laid aside how I think it ought to be. I've put that aside. And Lord, this is what I want to do now because it's your will. And then when we get to that point, we have to be willing to decide. To decide. To decide that this is what I'm going to do. This is what God's desire is. This is his plan. You know, some people say, well, 
you can't ever find that place. Well, if I can't find that place, then why would God want to help me and guide me? Why would he want me to pray? Why would he want me to seek him if I can't ever find that place? I believe it's his will for me to find out what he wants me to do. That he has plans. He has things. He has directions for each and every one of us. And we need to be able to seek him and find what it is he wants us to do. And that we can make godly, wise decisions. Not based on what everybody else is doing necessarily. Not based upon what everybody else thinks or whatever I think ought to happen. But based upon, Lord, what is it you want us to do? What is it you want us to do? Because I believe that when we find that place, then I believe we have God's blessing. I believe that's where God's blessing is. Just like Abraham. You know, Lot made a choice. Lot made a choice. He made a choice upon probably what he saw in his own selfish desires, his own selfish purposes and plans. And it cost him, cost him dearly. And Abraham knew that God was going to take care of him. He let Lot make that choice because Abraham knew no matter what, I'm going to be where the Lord wants. And that was a choice Abraham made. That was a choice he made. He chose to believe God. He chose to believe what God had told him. You know, sometimes that's just a wise choice. That God's already told us, and we just need to trust him and do what it is he wants us to do in our lives. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. You have not left us here on our own. You have not left us to wander around aimlessly. But Lord, you want to guide and direct us. Lord, help us to make wise choices. Lord, help us to make choices based upon your will and your word, what you've said to us. Lord, help us to be able to hear from you. Lord, help us to be able to calm our fears, to put aside our opinions, to be able to seek you. Help us, Lord, to know and to admit that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, you you have a better plan. Lord, you have a better way. Help us, Lord, to seek you and to find that. Lord, we thank you for your plan for each of our lives. Thank you for guiding each and every one of us, Lord. Just help us to seek you as we go forth, as we do your will. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We have to pick up chairs today.